You're listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast created to help parents disciple their adopted or foster teenagers. Here are your hosts, Arthur C. Woods and Elizabeth Joy Woods. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number seven, Trusting the God of the Gospel. My name is Arthur C. Woods. And I'm his wife, Liz. Elizabeth Joy (laughs) Woods, also joined by our producer, Silent Steve. Okay, thanks, Steve. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> appreciate your input there. He doesn't have a lot to say, but uh, yeah, that's Silent Steve, everyone. So this is episode number seven. Uh, do you know seven in Spanish? No, I have no idea. I don't know seven in Spanish either. When I have I, a better chance of doing it in Russian, but I don't know it in Russian either. No, I, I, when I was in high school, they gave me the choice of taking um, Spanish, French, or typing. Uh-huh. So I took typing. So you can um, speak seven in typing. I can type the word seven like nobody's business. (laughs) But saying it in Spanish, I cannot. Well, for your life, it's probably more valuable to be good with the keyboard. So our our Spanish-speaking audience members, we apologize. We don't know what episode this is in terms of being able to say it in Spanish. Mm. Anyway, so I had a cool experience this week. I'm listening. Okay. Uh, I got interviewed by a podcast I know which was super cool Mm -hmm. so uh, it was the Think Orphan podcast which is like the creme de la creme of like orphan care podcasts I thought you were gonna say creme brulee because I'm into baking shows right now because it's the holiday season I am not going to say that okay creme de la creme yeah so I got interviewed for them we got to talk about uh, trusting the God of the gospel and some of the things we're doing and uh, how weird is it that the host of a podcast gets interviewed by the host of another podcast. I feel like that pretty much happens all the time. Oh. (laughs) That's just like so meta. Well, today we're going to talk about control. Dun-dun-dun. Something that uh, perhaps at least one of us on this podcast struggles with. Well, before we get into control, uh, Elizabeth Joy Woods, Lizzie, you want to tell us where we were Uh, last week what we've been doing yeah absolutely so our goal with trusting the god of the gospel and this podcast and the curriculum itself is to help you shepherd your adopted or foster care teenagers and specifically discuss some of the gospel concepts that we in our christian faith and our christian world grow up with and are fully aware and fully embrace but they might be concepts that our adopted and foster teens struggle to embrace so the big um the, the goal here is to allow us to help you rethink some of those concepts and words and phrases as you disciple your kids. And um, the big idea last week specifically was we talked about forgiveness. We talked about how challenging it is to forgive. So we wanted to encourage you guys to tell your kids to forgive others just as God has forgiven us. Yeah. And that's something that we really can't do. I mean, I'm not... I'm not good at that, Um, but... But we want them to be good at it. But we want them to be good at it. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, there's a supernatural power, there's a sanctifying power that we have to be able to forgive others as God has forgiven us. That's true. And um, we wanted to also talk about how we help our adopted and foster teenagers actually do that and embrace forgiveness. Um, So, yeah, so we wanted to specifically talk about three practical ways that we could help our adopted and foster care teenagers embrace forgiveness. 
And one of them, the first one, is to truly help them understand the gospel. When we understand this, the impoverished life of sin that we live in, and we understand the riches of God's grace in offering us his forgiveness, we can better understand how we need to forgive others. This is true. And almost open our hearts up to that forgiveness. And then this one, um, I really hated his second option or his second <laughs> suggestion um, for forgiveness and, and, and enabling our teens to embrace forgiveness is to model forgiveness to our teenagers. Oh, yeah. In, in front of our teenagers in life. And that's that's extremely challenging because we're living with them. So, uh, I, yikes. I do that perfectly. How about you? Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it all the time. <laughs> um yeah, and then finally, this one was one of my favorites because it's so practical. Just list six people mm-hmm. that you need to forgive. You know, it could be huge things that you need to forgive them for or tiny little things that they need to forgive them for. But just start with the smallest, you know, snowball effect. I think we made some joke about Dave Ramsey last week. Um, But start with the smallest amount of forgiveness that is needed in this particular situation or in a particular situation with a particular person and go from there. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So today we're going to actually talk about control. And so kind of the big idea of today is you can safely give God control of your life. And that's going to be a concept for our adopted and foster teenagers that may be super, super difficult for them to embrace when you think about all the different people that have potentially controlled their life. Second Corinthians five fourteen says, Christ love controls us. And I love that because it seems like every, every week, every episode that we have this podcast, so much of it connects back to love. If you want to learn how to forgive, well, learn how to love first. If you want to embrace God as Heavenly Father, well, learn how to love Him first. And I think this one is no different. If you want to give God control of your life, well, let's start with learning how to love Him. Yeah, side note there, I think that's why we use the word love so freely in our language. Like, love is an umbrella term, really, and it means so many other things. And it can get us into trouble, but if you love you can trust if you love you can forgive if you love you can fill in the blank that's exactly right yeah Yeah, so like i love that huh no pun intended but i also know that it's really challenging to love people well fully yeah Yeah, it really is whether we're talking about loving people or loving god truly loving someone can be can be difficult and what i like here is look at jesus as the example as someone who loved his father who loved god and gave his father control over his life while right. he was here on this earth. And we see that as an example that that we can certainly follow. And then the idea is really that as we love God, we'll desire his control for our life. So it's not even just we'll love God and once we love God, we'll kind of begrudgingly say, okay, God, I guess I'll give you control. But rather the overflow of love for God is a desire to give control of our lives to God. Yeah. When I think of control, I think of like, you know, Jasmine in Aladdin when Jafar got her and he zapped her and she was under his control, yes. right? But um, in this, it's it's so much more powerful to think of Christ's love, like controlling me. Christ's love is controlling me when I'm upset with my kids or when I have a situation in life that's really challenging. And instead of him controlling me, like zapping me and I'm under his control, instead he offers me the self-control to offer love 
in the way that it needs to be offered in that particular situation. Right. So it's not a zapping and I'm under his control, although that could be good sometimes. It's more of just like a, he's going to give me the the power that I need to be able to love instead of do what I want to do, which is my sinful nature. Right. And I think all of us, if we're being honest, struggle to give people control of our lives. We struggle to give God control of our lives. But I think as we think more specifically about adopted and foster teenagers, many of them come from a background where they have been controlled their entire life. Uh, Perhaps they had uh, caseworkers who were making decisions for them, or they were being uh, moved from from one orphanage to another, or from one uh, foster home to another, or uh, perhaps the, the parents got a divorce and they had to go live with one parent or the other, or Whatever it is, most of the the big life changes that happened to these kids didn't happen with their permission, didn't happen with their input, but rather someone told them this is how it's going to be. Right. But we, we, I mean, we talk about control with God and it means it the same but different when we talk about control with agency or we talk about control with parents or it's the same but different. You know what I mean? I think that's really important that we we explain that to our teens as well because usually as teenagers they're gonna have what they need to be able to understand the difference uh, between god controlling our lives and humans controlling our lives and that needs to be made truly clear yeah and because you know let's face it it sometimes there are certain people that have control of our life that shouldn't have control or oh yeah or people that in our life that maybe we're tempted to give control of our life that we shouldn't give control of our life. But then we, again, as we always talk about, we contrast that with the control that God is looking for mm-hmm. in in our lives. And it's it's going to be perfect. It's, it's going to be to our best interest to give God control of our lives. Right. You know, we, you know the story, and I promised in our last episode that, that I would talk about it, but we had a, uh, a, a teenager living with us for, for a while, and um, uh, without giving any of like her backgrounds away, but but she had a lot of people controlling her her entire life. And so I remember one day she wasn't feeling good, and so we uh, we went to our local drugstore uh, just to get some some stuff to make her feel good, just common cold type stuff. You know, you get the the chicken soup and and the orange juice. Um, and so we got to the orange juice aisle, and I picked some out, and she said. Uh, uh, no, I'm not drinking that. And I said, oh, you don't like orange juice? She's like, no, I, I like orange juice. It just doesn't work for helping a cold. And I said, well, how do you know? She said, well, one time I had a cold and it didn't cure the cold. I said, well, there's, you know, thousands of doctors who would probably argue with you in terms of, yes, you should drink orange juice if you have a cold. It's a good thing to do. And uh, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't even consider doing it. And uh, we had almost an argument sitting in the the aisle of CVS, and I couldn't figure out why this was such a big issue to her. Like, it's not even like she didn't like the orange juice. She just refused to drink it. And it was only later that I thought that was an area of her life that she was able to have control over. She had control as to whether or not she drank the orange juice, and she exercised that control. And it just kind of pointed back to the lack of control she must have had the majority of her life right and, and again knowing her history and knowing how many times she had been bounced around from place to place she had little to no control over any of that and so something as simple and as small as i'm not drinking orange juice was <laughs> was a control was a big factor. deal yeah. yeah right 
So I think that leads us to the question then, if, if control is a difficulty for our adopted and foster teenagers, if giving God specifically, if giving God control over their lives is going to be tough, how do we get to a point where we can help them with that? How can we give them a more like balanced perspective on what control uh, actually is? And I like lists. Mm-hmm. I always like lists. So I, I think we have four ways um, that we can we can look at that. So I think the first one is this. Number one, look for areas to give them more control. Because if the if a kid is struggling with, with control and maybe they don't have enough control or they think they don't have enough control, what are areas in, in their life that we as parents can give them control back? Say so here here's some areas that you know what? You're in charge of this. This is your your area. Yeah. I mean, I think the most common one that comes to my mind is clothing, letting them pick out their clothing. Yeah. And even within that, like if we let one of our kids pick out her clothing, she would never match in a million years ever again. <laughs> um, so we don't t- fully, but we we pick out outfits or we, we've put outfits together. You know, I'm going to um, take ribbons and the colored ribbons. She has to match the colored ribbons. And if the colored ribbon matches on the shirt and the pant, then she can wear it. It's an outfit, you know, but she can pick out what is going to work. Right. Um, so she can still maintain that control. Another one of our teens, you know, that we've had a, a long relationship with just absolutely adores um, permanent markers and writing on her arms and on herself, <laughs> you know, and I hate that. It looks ugly. It's disgusting or like, you know, whatever. It's just not my thing. But and I. Yeah. So anyway, but I let her do it because, OK, you know, I don't need to take that from her at the moment. It's not life threatening. It's annoying to me, but it's not life threatening to her. And you know, we're able, I'm able to kind of hands off there, but those are just ways where I have to have self-control so that she can have more control. Yeah. That's, I like that. We can have self-control so they can have more control. Yeah, that's good. So number one, look for areas to give them more control. And number two is almost the opposite of that. Look for areas in which they should surrender more control. And this can be a tough one because you're teenager isn't necessarily looking for areas in which they should <laughs> surrender more right. control but as a as a parent maybe we can sit down and have those healthy conversations and saying hey in these in these key areas we kind of think maybe you should give a little bit more control um, of your life to maybe it's to us as parents or maybe it's to a teacher or maybe it's to God maybe it's to a coach right whatever you think but look for that area in which they should surrender more control and have a conversation to see if they'd be willing to even do that. And I think that as you do that, you know, you know your teen. So is this an act of service to surrender control right now? Is it a sacrifice? Is it an act of love? What is it that your teen might resonate with in this instance where they need to give up control? Is it respect? Is it safety? Is it anxiety? What is it that's preventing them from giving up control? What do they need more of to let go of that? Um, And how can you speak about that to their particular situation and their particular psyche? Yeah, I like that. I think that is important to find out why specifically they're having difficulty giving control over to uh, a person or again to to God. Finding that out might help significantly. So the third one, uh, look for stories of people who have given God control. And obviously there's no better place to find stories of people giving God control than right in the pages of scripture. And right. I think about uh, in the Old Testament, the the story of Joseph and how he just gave God control over his life from pretty much day one. Yeah. And in many ways, his life was a disaster. Yeah. As we see some of the Years things that- Years of terror. Yeah. Some of the things that happened to him were- were horrible 
But in the end, God was glorified, and in the end, Joseph had a very successful, blessed life because he gave his his control over to God. Yeah, I think it's so important, too, as we read those narratives in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as well, but there's a lot in the Old Testament. But you read the narratives, and you need to read between the lines and really make that story come to life. Like so many of these stories that we know by heart are just a few inches of story in the Bible, you know, and we need to... Um, bring life to them and understand the culture behind them and the history and the reasoning and the this and the that. And it really can bring these biblical characters and these people who lived before us to life for our teens and for our families. And that's really important when you want to actually bring in the character of them as well. Sure. And then you think about the the New Testament, someone we already mentioned, Jesus. Ever heard of him? (laughs) (laughs) Once or twice. Yeah, Jesus, even as the Son of God gave control to his father and as a result well as a result look at what happens i mean the 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 grace and mercy and forgiveness and love that was bestowed upon each of us as a result of jesus giving control over to the father is unimaginable yeah he offered us redemption because of it so yeah look for those stories in which whether the biblical stories or even modern day stories of people who said i'm going to give control of myself over to either God or or to a specific person, and it turned out okay. It turned out great. And then the fourth one I would say this is, is identify one area in which they can give God control this week. So this one's a little a little difficult because ultimately God is asking for control of our entire life. He's not saying give me control of some of your life or give me control of one little piece of your life and see how it goes. He's actually just saying give give me control. And I'm coming from a perspective of understanding that that's going to be very difficult for any of us, especially for our adopted and foster teenagers who have struggled with control their entire lives. What would it look like to give God even just a piece of control this week and see what it looks like? Can you identify an area in your life that maybe you're struggling with that that we can ask our teens to say, this is this is something that I can give God control over this week. And then ideally that we keep giving God more and more and more control and eventually we really have given him control over our entire life. Yeah, I like that. I would just take that one step further and say like, figure out what your teen can do to give control and then figure out what you can do. And, you know, maybe be accountable to each other and have an opportunity to see that in the week and then talk about it later. You know, when the kids do something that they don't want to do that I've asked them to do I thank them and I talk about it and I acknowledge that they did something that was hard for them or annoying for them or whatever and it's not exactly how I would parent if I had known them their entire lives but it's how I parent these kids who have been brought to me halfway through a very challenging childhood and um yeah, I think it's really important that we just acknowledge those things and say like, look, this is hard for me too, but I'm going to do it and come and do it with me. Right, that's true. So just to review real quickly, how do we help our teens embrace a balanced perspective on control? I think four ways. Look for areas to give them more control. Number two, look for areas in which they should surrender more control. Number three, look for stories of people who have given God control of their life. And finally, number four, identify one area in which they can give God control of this week. I like it. Yeah, I do too. So this is a, this is a tough one. It's tough for, for us. It's probably even more difficult for 
uh, these adopted and foster teenagers, but giving God control of our life is difficult. Giving people control of our life is difficult. So like we say on most of these episodes, it's probably going to be a little bit of a journey. There's Mm going to take some intentionality and some time to get your teenager to the point where he or she is more willing to give God control of their life. But in the end, it'll be well, well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Elizabeth Joy Woods the first. What do we got going on uh, next time? So next week, we're going to be talking about identity. What does our identity actually mean? That's a big word this day and age. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about identity, what it means to be an adopted and fostered teenager relating to our identity in Christ and our identity in our families. That's good because, yeah, even just for, for any teenager, identity is such a huge, huge, huge thing. And then you add the the adopted or foster care piece and it becomes even more uh, more important and more challenging as it relates to embracing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Yep. One more thing to chat about. Exactly. All right. Well, that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you guys later. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by the Trusting the God of the Gospel video series. For more information on this powerful discipleship resource for adopted and foster teenagers, visit trustingthegodofthegospel.com forward slash shop. If you found today's content valuable, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information on your hosts, Arthur and Elizabeth, please visit them at arthurcwoods.com or elizabethjoywoods.com. Thanks for listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast.